So we are going to our second and final pre-Yutshvat recap of Basalagani. We explained a few weeks ago that right prior to Mashiach, God gifts the Jewish people with powerful treasures which enable us to do what we have to do to be partners in the bringing of Mashiach. We bring Kedusha in the world, not by disengaging from it, which I would say is a movement that most Orthodox religious Jews by default go into, coming to the understanding that there's so much non-good things in the world, especially for my children, let me create my own enclosed society, which is very good for you, just it's a pity that you were born because in Ganeden it's a purer, better world, which is why people think about Ganeden the whole time and everything is about the other world. And in, and in, and in the Hasidic thought, which is the Emes, especially in the Chabad Hasidic thought, we understand that we are here on a mission. The mission is something beyond ourselves. Of course we want to remain pure. But our mission isn't to go through the world and not to sin. That's a wasted life. Mamish, Baltashkas. We are here in order to do something in the world. And for that, we have to be engaged in the world. Being engaged in the world is very challenging. Because much the reason why everyone else other than us, Mamish, the more from, the more isolated. There's no internet and there's no television and there's no, no, just just create, a, a, you know, another universe in Oilam Gashmi with the purpose of not sinning with the purpose of doing mitzvahs amongst each other. Why do they do that? Because they are aware that the more we connect to this world, the more danger we put ourselves into. Now, I know everything has a balance, especially with younger children. Yeah, a child should be isolated more than an adult, but in the bigger underlying picture, the whole understanding of why we are here is in order to bring Kedusha in the world, which means I have to engage in the world, which means I'm going to have many struggles that we did not have in Gan Eden. I'm going to have struggles that other religious Jews won't have because they're simply, they're not connected to the world, but I'll have the opportunity to bring light into some darkness. Okay, so now I need power. I need weapons. You're going into darkness. It's like you want to be at peace. Everyone wants to be at peace. One way of being at peace is go to an island where there's no war. You'll be at peace. The other way of being at peace is to going into a battle zone and bringing peace. Now, if you go into a battle zone, yeah, I'll bring peace. I'm going to get my head, you know, injured. How do I protect myself? And how do I protect myself? And how do I influence? That's the topic of the mind. Now, God always, the mission of elevating the world always existed. God gave us a Torah, which is a very powerful tool when it's used properly. But prior to the coming of Mashiach, this is the theme of this year, and that will be the theme of next year, there was some extraordinary tool that we are given. So we mentioned last time we got together that the words of the Mimer is that the infinity of God, the infinity of God is revealed no matter how lowly we go into this world. He gave us an example, a phenomena, if I gave it when we learned together or in another class this year, that never was there a time in human history, never, that you can stop a Jew on the street who's not religious and tell him, put on tefillin, 
and it'll put on tefillin. It never could have happened. How how it happens now is the anomaly. Why would it happen? If someone were to ask you to do something in public, something that you don't believe in, if you do it, something is wrong with you. Mamish. Either you did it under coercion, could be, which is also something is wrong with you, or with me, don't give in to coercion. Or a person, Nebach, is so broken in their self-esteem, a tragic, a tragic person, a broken person, that they have to please others as long as they can, like, they'll do anything to get approval from the other or any uh, real deep psychological ailment. Why would anyone ever do anything that they don't believe in? Especially if it's an act, see, if I tell you do an act of kindness, I believe, if a person believes in doing chesed, they don't believe that that organization is doing chesed. But you're telling them to do something that they're familiar with. Like, try this new dish. I understand eating. I believe in eating. I like, I might not have liked this dish, so I'll expand my horizons. That I get. Person is curious. Putting on tefillin is just an example. It's something that makes absolutely no sense. It benefits no one. And who's doing it? Jews that will tell you, I don't believe in God. This never would have happened. The reason why other great tzaddikim never made the mitzvah campaigns because it would not have worked. Just as an example, that there was something, there's some energy that came into this world which is a gift, which is a treasure that we have to learn how to use better. And the words are, is that the infinity of God is somehow accessible, no matter how lowly a person can fall, a person can deny God and put on tefillin. And the reason why it's here is because we need to tap into it in order to succeed in transforming the world into a world in which God will say, I finally can come back home. Okay. So that's what we spoke about last week, or two weeks ago. I want to share another part of this mimer that very purposefully describes the descent of where God was in a higher world and how things degraded themselves. We have to understand when we speak about a higher world, a lower world, what do we mean by that? Simple is, a lower world is a world in where people do a lot of evil. I get that. There is a certain structure that is good to become familiar with. And if you heard this, doesn't matter, you'll hear it again. And one of the first benefits of understanding how Hasidus um, defines the various descents of reality until we come to this lowliest of worlds, understanding these steps will also empower us to go back up. But if you have the map, if you have a map, then at least you know where am I and where do I need to get and everyone knows where they are, and everyone knows where they need to get, but you know, everyone uses different words. And it's good, like when you go to medical school, you, you, you learn the words that the medical world is using. So then everyone is speaking the same language. Hasidus has a unique way of defining everything and of wording everything. And we as Hasidim, we should become familiar with. Okay, so we have God. Then we have godliness or the infinite light. Let's speak about the infinite light. No one ever met the infinite light. I have no idea what it will look like, but somewhere deep inside of us, we know that there is this Ein Soif that is beyond us, that is beyond us. As we are to connect with it, it will have an, will blow up. 
it will be, be it will it will it will not be good for us. When God revealed that on Mount Sinai, we mamish died. This infinite light of God will be revealed to us in the near future. And it is only because of thousands of years of our efforts and struggles, which means and sometimes failings, but hopefully more successes than failings, that somehow we will be able to handle this infinite light. But we're not going to jump from where we are to the infinite light. So let me go through this mimer's description of a low world, a low world. What do you mean by that? And don't even think about the Gashmi. So these are the words. From the infinite light of God, we go into a world that's called Atsilus. The world of Atsilus is the world of the ten spheres. And many people here are familiar with the names of the ten spheres. But in the most pure state, Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gvur, Tiferes, this is a, a limited manifestation of God. And if we were to go into the world of Atsilus, we would be able to contain it. Because it's not pure infinity, it's infinite wisdom. Imagine you're smart, everyone is smart. Everyone is smarter than they think, really. But sometimes you taste, ah, I, I tapped into something that, wow. Like I, you feel epis enlightened. The ultimate enlightenment that won't overwhelm you is the Chachma Vatsilus. And the same thing with Chesed, many people feel kindness. Many people at moments really feel like, wow, I'm, I'm into this world of kindness. But chesed of atzilus is like a kindness that is wow. But it's not a wow that it, that will kill you. It's a wow that will uh, uplift you. So you have you have 10 attributes, which is a description of a human being, of the inner person. And these uh, midois, as they are manifesting perfectly, that's the world of atzilus. Now, we don't live in the world of perfect. Everything is not perfect. In the world of perfect, people live forever. Like Adam and Chava, basically, they were living in that world. Everything is so perfect that even the human body functions perfectly, and you'll just go, and you'll live. And it's not boring. It goes from good to better and to better, and ain't safe. We're not in the world of perfect. One level under the world of Atsilos is the world of souls. Just to be familiar with it. Neshamot. Soul, neshama, my, my soul, your soul. In other words, in, in aspiring to connect to your neshama. I want to be more connected to my neshama. Oh, the neshama is one step under the world of Atsilas. It's a created being. It doesn't see itself to be God. In the world of Atsilas, there's zero ego. The neshama senses itself as a being but it's a being completely connected to Hashem. One step under the world of souls is the world of the constellations. The world of the constellations is connected to the physical constellations, but it's way beyond the physical constellations. Using the words of the Rambam, we believe that all of these trillions of stars, they were all created to be in service of this world. That's a verse in the Chumash like this quest of finding aliens, comes from not knowing, not believing in the, in the Chumash. There's a creator. The creator created this world. This is where it's at. This is where all of the purpose of creation is for God. And in order for this world to function, God has to constantly be investing himself in it. If God would stop the, the recreation, the world would not exist. 
challenge is, is that God is so infinitely great that if God were to invest himself without a filter, there would be no world. So how do you go from God to the world? So there's different steps. Every step you can call a filter. And God's power and light and wisdom and kindness becomes filtered, becomes tzimtzum, becomes limited. And then on the other side of it, it's a little bit closer to the physical world. And ultimately, it allows for this to be. The, the, the Chazal tell us that there isn't a single blade of grass that is growing on its own. There is a mazel. Every blade of grass is connected to another physical planet somewhere, star. But not to the physical part of the star, to the soul that's in the star. And that soul is directing this grass to grow. Why are there so many trillions of things out there? We are not just one little planet flying around in the infinite space. We are theologically in the center of it all. And everything out there is in service of here. And everything that happens over here goes through the world of Atsilos. It goes through the soul of the Jew, the collective soul of the Jew. From there it goes down into the world of the constellations. The world of the constellations, again, we're not talking about the physical planet, but just like a soul and a body merge, the way that Ramam describes it, that Ramam says beautifully that when the soul is in the body, they become united. When the soul or the malach goes into the star, they don't unite on the same level. Which is why when you look at a star, you're going to see just a physical dead stone flying around. But it has in it some great power. And we call that the world of the mazalot. And everything that happens here, which is basically God's doing, God is doing it through the infinite light, through the world of Atsilos, through the soul of the Jew, and through the constellations. I'm not going to use the word, but I'm going into this mimer. We're going to go into a little bit of a different mimer. Also, but this mimer is going to use less of those worlds, and I'm going to use the words of this mimer. When, 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 when people in the memorial, when the Chachamim of this world for thousands of years understood the power of the constellations and they understood that everything that happens here is coming through what's happening over there, they figured out that the greatest way to predict the future or to affect that which is happening is to connect more to the world of the Mazalot. Higher, it's not it's not separate. It's it, look at it as one filtering more than the other. Yeah. And then within the world of constellations, are the mazalot? Yeah, the world of the constellations actually affect our world. That the, these these energies that that are the constellations, they actually they physically connect themselves to all of the different bodies of planets that are out there, and all of them are there to filter better the light of Hashem, which is needed constantly to recreate the world, but it's not God's world. It goes through a series, there's a system. And one is connected to the other, so the same energy comes out of God. It first is some infinite energy, then it goes into the world of Atsilus, which is the first real filter, but then you have pure godly spheres. From there it goes into the 10 spheres and the collective Jewish soul, which is a step down in the world of Atzilus. There are exceptions to that, but that's the rule. And then from 
the energy of God that is manifesting through the collective Jewish soul and in a little way through your neshama, it goes from there into the world of Mazolus. And from the world of Mazolus, the energy manifests in a, in a way, on a level, that we already refer to that as klipa. We're not speaking about something physical. We're speaking about energy that's very potent. It's godly. But it no longer is aware of the fact that it that it is really a little ray of godly light. It's so distant from God that it begins to self-identify. And we call that klipa. So the reason why, for example, we... But is klipa another filter? It's another filter. No, it's God needed for there to be, let's say, the world of klipa. Don't think about a physical place. Think about a concept. In order for the God, because the end game is, is that there is a physical world, and even a Jew who has a neshama, many times without effort, can deny God's existence. God wanted for that to be. That's the lowly world. But in order for that to happen... All of these filters were needed. If you are um, very close to your children and they see your kindness to them, they'll never deny the fact they have a mother. Look at it that way. If for whatever reason, there has to be a reason, you find it important for there to be a little bit of more independence, you'll never disconnect in this model, but whatever you'll give, you'll give it through filters. You'll, you'll, You'll make sure that the needs are met in a way where the child doesn't feel like they have this helicopter mom on top of them, which will not allow them to become independent. Independence is needed. There has to be a step back. The step back doesn't mean that you're not involved. It means that you will be involved through filters. We all do that. If we choose to be involved, it doesn't mean some zero. I'm in. It's very overwhelming. When you go in, even with another person, whoa, Relax. When you so you have to find the right amount of filters which makes it comfortable for everyone. So the God wants this world to be what we're calling a lowly world. And when you, the word lowly should not be understood as it can be used in the street. Grubber. No, no, no. Lowly means a world in which. Let me go down to to, to the. I'll describe the lowly in a moment. So you have the infinite light of God, the world of Atzilus, the Jewish soul. I was trying to say that there, many people are very much attracted to the constellations. They have, they, have, they have an inclination towards it. They understand it. They feel for it. There's a truth to it. And no one can tell them it's bad or it's wrong. It's not advocated because if we were to learn how to get better in touch with, this, with the world of neshamas, we'll be more empowered. We'll have more influence, more subtle but even more influence, whatever you're looking for with the constellations, you're trying to get an insight on how the world works. You're trying to have a certain understanding of how things will be. You're trying to change things for the better. So you, you're going, you know, like Othello, whoever has the outer box is going to win. Like you, you go, whoever frames is ultimately going to win. That's the power that many people have. They're good framers. They're very, it's, it's very wise. They don't fight with every detail. They don't get involved in every nitty gritty. No, but they set the frame. They're very good at that. So you, we're trying to connect to the framers. And then the frame has a frame. And the more we are, we are connected to that, the more influence we could have for the good or God forbid the opposite. So the the, the mazel of the mazel is the Jewish soul. So why would... Why would you say that Jewish people are above mazel? That's exactly what it means. Shkoyach. Oh. 
Ayin mazali, in other words, we are above, not only, not, but not above disconnected. That's the way the non-Hasidim think. We actually influence the mazalos. Because we are above it. Correct. We're not above it and therefore, you know, go, go fly a kite. No. That godliness flows into the mazalos through the Jewish soul. Actually, there are events in history that Chazal tell us that because of Jewish behavior, the physical mazolis went were were arranged differently. There was a change in the physical heavenly bodies. They 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 changed their orbit. So by our behavior, we're not only changing our mazal, but the mazal of, of the, the whole world. world. The whole world is if of course that's the whole purpose of this mimer. Not instead of thinking. I'm going to isolate myself. I don't want to get involved in all this craziness out there. Let me just live my life. It's Baltashkas. It's, it's, it's very, it, first of all, it's beautiful. I don't, you have to, in context, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, like and, go on a mountain. Well, many people go on the mountain there by staying in LA. You don't have to go yeah. on a mountain. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah, in your own home. Correct. Mountain. Anything. Everyone goes, sometimes you look at something or you look at someone and it's so not good looking to you. You say to yourself, just, you stay there. I stay, there's a big world out here. I'm not gonna. It's a lot better than being influenced to the negative. And some people, if they're very attracted to gambling, then stay away from Vegas. I get that. But as a rule, the ultimate goal will be is yeah, you have to be above it, but not above it and separate it. Above it and then re-engage from a from a from a healthy place in order to make it better. So uh, to get there, we have to understand what, what does above mean? What does below mean? So let's go. So it goes from the world of the constellations. The world of the constellations, the energy and the stars are so aware of God that Ambam writes they have more intelligence than human beings. They are smarter than us. And they understand the greatness of God. And they are because of their understanding, they, are emo- they have emotions. They are so overwhelmed by God that they feel like they have to submit and they have to bow down to them. And being that there's a certain manifestation of the Shekhinah in West, that's why all of the heavenly bodies collectively are moving from East to West. That movement that you look, you know what you're saying? You're seeing the emotions of the constellations, feeling, oh God, I'm, I'm battle, bowing down. They're doing moidim. Wow. wow. That's a crazy thing. That's what Taram, that's, that's what Taira Sechazah, this is before Kabbalah. What's, what is moving the heavenly bodies? What, they're not dead beings that God is like moving with a, with, a, with a thing, with a wheel. No, 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 no. God put in them chachma. And, that, and God put in them feelings. And they are above klipa. That means they are fully aware of their creator. And it's not dull. Every day they understand different. Like we. Just, they're just, they're just, imagine you meet someone who's very, very, very smart. And they came to the understanding that there's a God. And they understand the greatness of God. And then they say, I, want, I gotta do something for God. Let me at least bow down to God. Let me show God how much I appreciate God. And that's what they're in. So you're, you're watching a thousand. Well, I would say that very intelligent people also don't have choices. I would say that all of us, once we come to certain understandings, they don't have a choice. You're right. A human being, in spite of your understanding, we can still, that's something unique. But smart people, Wisdom is a big compeller. Or let's speak about emotional people. Emotions is a big compeller. If you have a relationship with the cake, you hardly don't have a choice. You're going to have to eat it. 
Yeah, we have freedom of choice that we can still not eat it. They don't have that, but it, there's 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 a whole thing going on over there. Yes. What was that word that you used? Decompel. Compel. Compel. Compel to compel to force to coerce. To decompel, you said. I didn't mean de- I, to com- to compel. To compel. They they are they they are compelled. They are compelled by their understanding of God. A smart person, you said. Right? A smart person, and the and the mazolos are smarter than smart people. You're looking at a super intelligence. When you're looking at the moon, you're not looking, the moon itself is not super intelligent, but the energy in the moon is not like the energy in the world. Chazal say that. The Kuychavim and the Mazolis, you have to read the Rambam, they, are, they have intelligence and they are smarter than people. So it's energies, not being. The energies that are embodied in the constellations, the, just that Rambam writes, they're not embodied the way the soul is in the body. When the soul is in the body, you look at a person, you see their neshama, you see their smile, you see their anger, you see good, you see bad. The, the, the change, the flux of the feelings and understandings of the soul of the moon is not manifesting in the moon, but it's connected to the moon. And it, and it through the moon, it affects the world. All of the changes that happen in this world, everything is subtly affected by all of the trillions of stars and everyone is needed. Not one can go missing. Sometimes stars disappear because that energy God does not want to be in the world. So, And whatever the constellations are doing to this world, our soul is doing to the constellations. They also need to get energy from God, but God is, too, is, too, is, is beyond them. So the filter is the Jewish soul, the constellations, a place of klipa. Klipa means it's energy, it's power, it's life, it's vitality. Not embodied yet. All of that, by the way, all of that is embodied in this world. It knows it's alive. It feels life. It just doesn't feel that there's a creator. Klipa. That's klipa. And then from there, it goes into a phenomena that's not that common. And that is a lower level of klipa that is motivated to be in spite of God. It's fighting God. This is what God wants. You know what you can argue, it's more connected to God, it knows God. It knows God to rebel against it. That is the lowest level of this world. So you can say that manifests in the Yetzir Hara. I don't think most people don't have a Yetzir Hara that is dafka going against God. The Yetzir Hara just likes what it likes. It says, listen, God, I'm sorry. You, you gave me a Yetzir Hadu. You told me to do this. Don't do it. I can't. I can't. That, they're not fighting with God. But sometimes a person can be connected to a klipa where like, you, God, you said this. I'm going to go against you. Pari represented that. Amalek. Amalek represented that. Very good. These are klipas that, that they are in battling God. And to a certain subtle level, let's speak about our lives. Sometimes we just don't care. So we are connected to klipa. Sometimes... We are angry. Not blaming anyone. Sometimes people undergo experiences and they would love just to not believe in God, but they believe in God. So then they get angry at God. God cannot God allow this to happen, and they are in a place where they're anti. Whether they're doing anti, whether they're feeling anti, that is the lowest. When we speak about the lowest world, that's the world of anti. Now Transforming the world would mean being in touch with that energy, knowing that it's there. Some of it is in us, hopefully very little of it. It's out there in the world. When we discover it, 
guiding that to go back to God. And how do you do that? Taking away the anti, taking away the anti, connecting it to higher forces, the mazolas, connecting it to the Jewish neshama, and then from there, it's going to, at some point, completely give itself over to God. That's a psychological, a mystical verbiage of our avoid. That's called making the world a home for God. What is amazing in this world is that the, the, the Gashmi doesn't change. This is what it is. But there can be an energy of Klippa in here, and I can elevate it and allow for that energy of Klippa to just disappear, and it's going to embody a much higher energy. It's like when we do a mitzvah with an item, we make it holy. What are we saying? Prior to the mitzvah, God is making everything the whole time regardless. But prior to my mitzvah, the godly energy went through so many filters that it's klippah. And at some point, through our engagement with it, we are able to elevate it, and now it's embodying, not klippah, it's embodying kedusha. Yeah. Okay, so there's not really a context for this because it's above our comprehension level. Why is that? No, no. The, because how, how do we envision what these things that we can't, we haven't experienced them. Okay, okay, very good. Okay. But, but then I have another question after that follow-up. Okay. Okay. So I want to, I very good. I'm happy with the time right now. So how do we do that? So that's the mind. The mimer says that we have a power. We were given a gift. We were given a treasure that enable us to, to, to do, to elevate the world. Okay, so tell me, what's the gift? Tell me what I have. So I want to answer that. I'm going to, I'm going to share part of a mimer of Torah Oyer of this week. These are ideas that the world never had. Part of the treasure that we were gifted is the treasure of Hasidus, and it's a treasure. It's not another insight in, 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 in the Talmud, which is beautiful, which is amazing, which is gavaldic. No, there's, there are certain formulas, there are certain techniques that we never had and we have now. I'm going to not speak about cosmically, I'm going to speak about me. Because I relate to that, I relate to that, I think there's an emiss to it, that there are certain moments that a person is open to the lowest level of klipa. Every time a person has a complaint against God, that's exactly where the person is at. Rabbi Gershon Schusterman who wrote a beautiful book, who spoke in shuls, said beautiful words that had to be said. He says when he had his tragedy, he lost his wife with 14 kindalach. And as a religious Jew, he believes that everything is from God and everything is for the good. There was a part in him that was angry. He says because he's not a tzaddik. Part of grief. I know that. But I'm just, he spoke out words that religious people should hear. But he denied that. He, he, never, he was never even aware of it because I believe. Finally, now that it happened, his mind, now I have an opportunity to practice what I preach. So he was always in the zone of accepting what God did, not having any questions on it, like Avram Avinu, but he, he's not Avram Avinu. He's not a perfect tzaddik. And that's very damaging because that meant that there are some very deep feelings that he did not allow himself to admit that he has. He had them. If he would be in control over it, um, okay, then he as a believing person will tell his feelings, you go away, you don't belong, but they were there, but he denied them. 
And I think this is true of most religious people. Because like we just learned Shara Bitochen. We know how we should be. It's good to know that. We should have Bitochen and we should trust. And everything is good and God is good and God loves me. Even though I'm not worthy, but still God loves Beautiful. It's good to live in that world. It's also good to acknowledge that we're not yet there. If we're not, it could be someone is there. But if I'm not there yet, just because I'm going to repeat those words in my mind a million times, it doesn't mean that's my emes. And and not the way the Alter Rebbe says, we have many truths. It's not some zero. I have a godly soul. Sometimes I also have that. We all have that, no doubt. And you know what? When you learn Shara Bittachin, you empower that. But like the Alter Rebbe says, we're not tzaddikim. We also have an animal soul. The animal soul is not there yet. And as long as it is not there yet, spending a moment, and I don't mean a moment on the time, spending, there is a time for me to look in me and say, okay, is there any part of me that has an issue with this? Acknowledge it. And don't feel guilty about it because you didn't put those feelings there. That's the normal, in the world of Klippa, how can God do this? It makes no sense. And, and, and cruel, I would never do this to my kids. And that's, you know, I share many times because it affected me. God is good and Hashgacha Pratis and we had this Shabbat, we had this Shabbaton and we had these hundreds of people that are in the recovery and I said a nice story like any other story it was a simple story. The, the message was is that God is involved in the world. I said no chidushim and one guy was so angry. Remember the Shoshana, that guy, he got up there and he challenged me in public. He was angry at me. He says good, he said he was molested. He grew up in a Satmar home. He was molested when he was 12 repeatedly and it could have been prevented and it wasn't. And he says, how can God allow this to happen? He only found peace when he denied God. Now he's good. Because there can be. A, so this is up now. There's no answer to his question. How did God allow that to happen? I don't know the answer. So when you have up now, he went all the way. He made a movie. He's on Netflix. He's, he's, he's a big rebel against God. But understand that we all have some of that in us. Because if there's a God, how can that happen? When we speak about the Holocaust, we are removed from it. I'm talking about, to me, not to the communism, right? Every, everyone should divide their story with the farmer. Everyone should share everything until they spoke about the chickens. If someone has a lot of land, so you have to, he keeps apart and every other part goes to other people. You, you agree? The farmer says, of course, until they spoke about chickens. If someone has 10 chickens and the other guy has no chickens, then you, he says, no, that, I don't agree to that. He says, why not? Because I own chickens. Because when it happens to me, I'm not willing to accept. My neshama does. We have a neshama. We're not just this. We are this and we're that and we're complex. So first of all, we have this klipa in us. And some of it sometimes is rebelling. And now what do we do? What do I do now? How do I deal with it? So the Altareva has a formula. It's mamish amazing. These are gifts. And it works. And he writes like this. The Maimed is on, is on the fact that the Torah speaks a lot about horses. Like, what's the horses think? Right? We daven every day by Shirat Hayam. Sus v'rachvay ramavayam. There's a lot of stories about horses, especially when it comes to the Exodus. And the Pshatas, yeah, of course, because, you know, they were a military power. So today you would speak about tanks or F-16s or whatever the number they're up to. Then they spoke about the, the horse. Could be. Not Hasidus does not accept it. But to introduce the meaning of horses, it's Gavaldic. The Zoya writes that Padre had male and female horses. And this is the way he went to battle. Prior to engaging the enemy, he would put in front the female horses. Why? Because like this, the male horses, 
they're motivated to go forward because they're chasing the female horses. That was their, that was, the Zoyer speaks about their technique. But the moment they are going to mamish clash with the enemy, you need to have the stronger horses. Pali would move the female horses back and then the males would attack. So the Zoyer writes like this. This is, this is gold. This is gold. And al explains it. I'm saying these are treasures. A horse. What's a horse? Listen to, listen to these words. Horses are in, really inferior to a person, right? But they can get you to places that you can never go on your own. Like you want to climb the mountain, maybe you, when you were that age, you can do it. Now, I have no kayak, but if they put you on a horse, you can go. A horse represents something that is inferior to you, but it can take you to places that you can never go on your own. What is that? Listen to these words. 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 Words are horses. Words. Words. Very important. I'll give you two examples. Intelligence and feelings. These are big Hasidic ideas. I want to speak about intelligence. Every person is intelligent. And you're thinking, you're trying to understand something. And it's not rare that when you're trying to hop something and people begin talking to you, you'll tell them, Shah. Like almost like at that moment, speaking is not helpful. It's taking you away from the depth of your grasp. However, know something, that when you speak that which you understand, on one hand, some of it gets lost. On the other hand, you yourself will begin to understand it much better Simply because you put it into words. Feelings. Feelings are very deep. Feelings are infinite. And that's why people say, I I cannot put my feelings in words. There's a truth to that. Because words are limited. Feelings are not. doesn't fit. But there is a paradox. When a person has a feeling, and they speak about their feeling, and they speak about, and they speak about their feeling, if they do it correctly they will experience that feeling on a much higher level, on a much deeper level. That's the better of a word, meaning you put words to positive feeling when it gets more To everything, negative. everything. I'll give you, I'll give you therefore, a, a application of this. Many people, these are the simple questions you speak to teenagers. Why does the Siddur have to be so lengthy? And they take a daven. I mean, they're coming, they're reading the Siddur, and you're praising God. Okay, it's good to praise God. I believe to praise God. But even when it comes to praising, if someone were to praise you the way we're praising God, like, wouldn't you say enough already? I know I'm great. But say that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There comes a point, uh, like, okay, something is off over here. Yeah. So why, are we, why do we praise God that much? This is the way the Alter Rebbe words it. Because even though we feel gratitude, again, there are many levels of or depths of feelings. So I feel gratitude. I would I, I, I would hope to feel deeper gratitude. Okay? How do I get there? Speak about your gratitude. About your gratitude. Word they have to be it has to be your words. When you make the effort of putting into words either your feelings or your understanding, your intelligence, on one hand, it's almost limiting it. That's the whole base of, you know, Therapy. 
I'm very anxious, I'm very angry, I'm very something. If you talk about it, you limit it. There's a truth to that. It's a paradox. We're focusing on the other truth, on the other side, that when you speak about something at length, you actually experience it a lot deeper, both feelings and intelligence. Words that you create are female words, female horses, female words. Words that God speaks are called the male horses. The model that the Alter Rebbe speaks about, this is very big, is the words of prayer versus the words of Torah. And he writes like this, that if a person, and by the way, this has a lot to do with personal prayer. This, if a person is just going to mimic the words of the Shemayna Esri, this mystical benefit you're not going to get. But if you're going to spend time every day verbalizing your positive feelings to Hashem, it's gonna, it's gonna take you, it's gonna take you to the top of Mount Everest, even for people like us, even if we are in the depths of Klippa. That means when a person, not the believing Jew, not the betochen part in me, the the angry part in me, the the rebellion part in me, that I have to sit with that, and I have to say, okay, you have the right. It's a, imagine you have to like you speak to someone, you speak to your child. You're good. You have all the good timers. What good do you have from God? There is also some good in your life. Speak about that. No matter how low a person falls, even people that are honest, so they're speaking from their lowest part. If they begin to verbalize either feelings that they have towards the little bit of good that they have. Or if they verbalize certain ideas that are uplifting ideas, they will be on their horse and they're going to climb out of that. Is that your own words or was it has to be your own words. No, speaking, speaking to Hashem during davening. Before Shem, before I, I, we spoke about this when we gave our our, our, our tefillah in the Shemana Esrei in the Shmakre Leinu by the dot before you say the words Kiato Shemaya Tefillas Kolpeh it's ideal we just said that if you're praying in Hebrew say speak words in Hebrew if you're davening in English not to not to go off that's a halachic issue speak to God in one language don't speak to God in four languages Rabbi. one second one second now when a person we're not done yet. When a person will feel, you're going to feel elevated, mamish, like I want to feel connected to God, you will feel more connected to God. If if the holy in me is talking, it's already connected to God. If my soul is talking, I don't need those words. That's the chapir. Many people, when they daven, they get into their neshama mode. The chap is, is that you have to daven with your animal. Just sit with these words. A person has to connect to their lower part and from there speak to God. Those words will elevate them. After a person feels elevated, then say the words of Torah. Learn Torah. Have a Torah class. When a person does that, it's going to bring God. It's like shining light in their darkness. So when you hear all these people say, I'm in a very dark place, part of the solution is learn Torah. Yeah. But for you to experience how Torah is bringing light into your darkness, first the female horses, and then when you're connected, when you're connecting, take that away and stop using your words. Now begin saying God's words. And it does something. And you mamish lighten up your, your klipam. 
And this is the kavana for which we were created. There are almost, it's almost correct to say that some people undergo big challenges for them to contend with God. That's part of the plan. In order for the person to learn from that place to connect to God. It's very difficult for us, but that's what God wants. It's good for God. Because in all the other worlds, everyone is just in love with God. So everyone is praising God. I think it's boring. If you can use those words. God made a world in which, no, things are not so posh it. And you have beings, which is us, which at times, we are disconnected because what's happening doesn't make sense. Why would God do this? That means I'm disconnected from God. If my seichel doesn't understand, that means I'm far away. And the, na- the nature of someone who withdraws is to stay far away. I'm only going to connect if I'm motivated. And now I'm being motivated to be a vegestup. I'm away. Now, that's the kavan. It's not a game. It's, it's, a, it's a power. I'm saying these are metaphysical concepts. We mamish bring light into darkness. But we begin with us. No one was taught these words. I'm saying these words, these are words of the Alter Rebbe. The greatest of Jews did not have this. This is a gift. I'm not saying that it's easy, but there are certain treasures that we were gifted with. And it wasn't stam, because when we do it properly, this is the way we bring Mashiach. Lightening up klipa. Is, is the way we bring Mashiach into the world. Just to be more practical, when you say the prayer, oh. yeah. uh, usually it says, ask what you need. It doesn't say, don't ask for anything. It says, thank you. So what are you saying? I'm saying that over there, if something happened to you that was very painful for you, have it out with God. Mm-hmm. Be careful. You're playing with fire, but have it out with God. Don't deny those feelings. Talk to God and don't talk for one minute. When you're, if a person is in a very dark place, don't stop talking. But what you will have to eventually doing, like you were saying, if I'm just going to say my words of complaint, I'll become a bigger complainer. Tap into my complaining part, and then, then acknowledge something good and talk about that, and talk about that, and talk. And you're gonna, you're gonna. I'm telling you, you're gonna, you're gonna experience a inner elevation, mamish. And then, don't stop there. And then after davening, say Tehillim. Say, say a few words of Torah. It has a very potent koyach because the words of Torah is, are God's horses. God also wants to come to you, but God is very far away. So God made these words. King David. King David is part of Tanakh. It doesn't have to be any part of Torah. I'm just giving a mosh. Like in the world of Chabad, we say Tehillim after davening for many reasons. That's another big koyach. Unlike prayer, Tehillim, I know it's also Tefillah. Tehillim is part of Tanakh. It's Torah. You're saying words of Torah. The, the more a person during davening, it can be during davening 2 p.m. I don't care. I don't need this to be formal. It's a person while they are in touch with their lower self. If the person from there can speak positive words to God, most people cannot do that. What they do is, is that they switch into the godly part. There's my lower part. My I'm getting out of that part of me. I'm just ignoring that. No. That part of you has to has to speak and praise God. It's a big chokhmah that. From the pain. When you are in that zone that over there, 
acknowledge some good in God. Does God wants us to repeat and repeat? We're repeating it for us. We're repeating it for us, not for God. Because the more, like I was saying, I, words are horses. When two people are disconnected and they don't avoid that and they speak their disappointment, that's the way therapy works. Same thing with God. And then while they are in that place of disappointment, they acknowledge, but this I have, this you did good for me. And speak, then praise, the connection is going to be a lot stronger. infinitely stronger and with God it doesn't end there and then when we finish speaking words of praise to Hashem then we say his words of Torah God's words of God is trying to communicate something way beyond the meaning of those words that's why it's not the end of the world when you say to Hillam you don't even understand what you're saying there's something much deeper but we want to experience it in earlier generations no one experienced it we are able to experience it no matter how lowly we fall, the infinite light of God will always manifest. And that's a gift that we have and we should make more use of it. That's more or less the mimer.